Section twenty six of the Red and the Black, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. The Red and the Black, Volume two by Stendhal. Translated by Horace B. Samuel. Chapter fifty six Moral Love. There also was, of course, in Adeline that calm patrician polish in the address which ne'er can pass the equinoctial line of anything which nature would express just as a mandarin finds nothing fine at least his manner suffers not to guess that anything he views can greatly please don juan chapter thirteen stanza eighty four there is an element of madness in all this family's way of looking at things thought the marechal they are infatuated with their young abbe whose only accomplishment is to be a good listener though his eyes are fine enough it is true julian on his side found in the marechal's manner an almost perfect instance of that patrician calm which exhales a scrupulous politeness and what is more announces at the same time the impossibility of any violent emotion madame de fervaques would have been as much scandalized by any unexpected movement or any lack of self-control as by a lack of dignity towards one's inferiors she would have regarded the slightest symptom of sensibility as a kind of moral drunkenness which puts one to the blush and was extremely prejudicial to what a person of high rank owed to herself her great happiness was to talk of the king's last hunt her favorite book was the memoirs of the duke de saint simon especially the genealogical part julian knew the place where the arrangement of the light suited madame de fervaques particular style of beauty he got there in advance but was careful to turn his chair in such a way as not to see matilda astonished one day at this consistent policy of hiding himself from her she left the blue sofa and came to work by the little table near the marechal's armchair julian had a fairly close view of her over madame de fervaques hat those eyes which were the arbiters of his fate frightened him and then hurled him violently out of his habitual apathy he talked and talked very well he was speaking to the marechal but his one aim was to produce an impression upon matilda's soul he became so animated that eventually madame de fervaques did not manage to understand a word he said this was a prime merit if it had occurred to julian to follow it up by some phrases of german mysticism lofty religion and jesuitism the marechal would have immediately given him a rank among the superior men whose mission it was to regenerate the age since he has had bad enough taste said mademoiselle de la meule to talk so long and so ardently to madame de fervaques i shall not listen to him any more she kept a resolution during the whole latter part of the evening although she had difficulty in doing so at midnight when she took her mother's candle to accompany her to her room madame de la meule stopped on the staircase to enter into an exhaustive eulogy of julian matilda ended by losing her temper she could not get to sleep she felt calmed by this thought the very things which i despise in a man may none the less constitute a great merit in the eyes of the marechal as for julian he had done something he was less unhappy 
his eyes chanced to fall on the russian leather portfolio in which prince korasov had placed the fifty-three love letters which he had presented to him julian saw a note at the bottom of the first letter number one is sent eight days after the first meeting i am behind hand exclaimed julian it is quite a long time since i met madame de fervaques he immediately began to copy out his first love letter it was a homily packed with moral platitudes and deadly dull julian was fortunate enough to fall asleep at the second page some hours afterwards he was surprised to see the broad daylight as he leant on his desk the most painful moments in his life were those when he woke up every morning to realize his unhappiness on this particular day he finished copying out his letter in a state verging on laughter is it possible he said to himself that there ever lived a young man who actually wrote like that he counted several sentences of nine lines each at the bottom of the original he noticed a pencil note these letters are delivered personally on horseback black cravat blue tailcoat you give the letter to the porter with a contrite air expression of profound melancholy if you notice any chambermaid dry your eyes furtively and speak to her all this was duly carried out i am taking a very bold course thought julian as he came out of the hotel de fervaques but all the worse for korasov to think of daring to write to so virtuous a celebrity i shall be treated with the utmost contempt and nothing will amuse me more it is really the only comedy that i can in any way appreciate yes it will amuse me to load with ridicule that odious creature whom i call myself if i believed in myself i would commit some crime to distract myself the moment when julian brought his horse back to the stable was the happiest he had experienced for a whole month korasov had expressly forbidden him to look at the mistress who had left him on any pretext whatsoever but the step of that horse which she knew so well and julian's way of knocking on the stable door with his riding whip to call a man sometimes attracted matilda to behind the window curtain the muslin was so light that julian could see through it by looking under the brim of his hat in a certain way he could get a view of matilda's figure without seeing her eyes consequently he said to himself she cannot see mine and that is not really looking at her in the evening madame de fervaques behaved towards him exactly as though she had never received the philosophic mystical and religious dissertation which he had given to her porter in the morning with so melancholy an air chance had shown julian on the preceding day how to be eloquent he placed himself in such a position that he could see matilda's eyes she on her side left the blue sofa a minute after the marechal's arrival this involved abandoning her usual associates monsieur de croix noir seemed overwhelmed by this new caprice his palpable grief alleviated the awfulness of julian's agony this unexpected turn in his life made him talk like an angel and inasmuch as a certain element of self-appreciation will insinuate itself even into those hearts which serve as a temple for the most august virtue the marechale said to herself as she got into her carriage madame de la mole is right this young priest has distinction my presence must have overawed him at first as a matter of fact the whole tone of this house is very frivolous 
I can see nothing but instances of virtue helped by oldness, and standing in great need of the chills of age. This young man must have managed to appreciate the difference. He writes well, but I fear very much that this request of his in his letter for me to enlighten him with my advice is really nothing less than an as yet unconscious sentiment. Nevertheless, how many conversions have begun like that? What makes me consider this a good omen is the difference between his style and that of the young people whose letters I have had an opportunity of seeing. One cannot avoid recognizing unction, profound seriousness, and much conviction in the prose of this young acolyte. He has no doubt the sweet virtue of a massignon. End of section 26 Read for you by Chiquito Crasto, Birmingham, Alabama.